Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad wasallam said, whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness, tranquility descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with him. Some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims as well as recited regularly in congregation. So what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwis Tafsir of Juz Amma. It is often said that Tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and in his unique and intimate manner makes them relatable. So without further ado, let's begin in this journey. This person, a positive this person, in his family, in, in the world, he was happy. He was happy with his family. Now think really, that what not we believers want? We Muslims always are effort, make effort that how can I make my family happy? Come back to the home, everybody happy. That we want really. Even if that makes, you know, the load of Allah broken. We are haram money, why? So make everybody happy. We want to buy a big set of, of TV. So when I bring it, my family and my children, they're so happy. When I bought it, I spent haram money. And what I bought actually is so harmful for the whole family. But I want to make everybody happy. That oh, how nice my dad is, how nice my father is, and how nice my husband is spending so much money upon me, and all those things. That person was happy in his family. If you want your family to make happy, and don't care Allah that is what's going to happen. The book will be the left hand. But if the people want to make Allah happy, even if the family is not happy, don't worry. You know, one day you're going to be happy. Then you, you will be given a new family. Maybe same family, maybe new family, and you will return to them happily. The Quran says, He will turn back to his family happily. Which happiness do you want? Do you want to make our family happy here? And do you want to make them happy there? Just think really. This happiness will go anyway. One day, even if I, I buy everything for my children, one day I will die. The children for whom I provide the best palace, best house, and I gave them everything, the same children, they will take away my body from that house. They will not bear me to die there. They will not like me to lie there after death. They will force my body to be taken away. I'm not going to stay there. Even if I make myself happy for a few moments, it's gone, not there. The Quran said, this person, he was happy in his family. He was thinking, he, not, he will not come back to me. He was thinking, he is not going to return to me. Hara yahuru means to return. That's why, you know, there is dua of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I seek refuge to you from hour after kawr. Kawr means when your things are organized properly, put together. You know, that, you know, people are happy. And hour means, you know, uh, when things are scared, Allah seek refuge from power. The people will return back to their Lord. You know, after this all peaceful life, I have the thinking, the time will come, then they have to come to him. Whether you like or don't like, you are forced to come to him. Nobody can escape. Quran says, you know, do whatever like, al-masir. to me is your return. Quran keeps saying, al-masir. to us is our, your return. You never can escape us. Do whatever like. 
Quran says, go, find for you, you know, just go and escape in the, in, in the heaven, in the earth, in the mountains, anywhere. La tanfuduna illa bi sultan. You can't escape. You need a power. You don't have power. Nothing is there. Inna hu zanna allan yahur. He was thinking he will not come back to us. Bala inna rabbahu kana bihi basira. Why not? You know, this is a misunderstanding, bad thinking. Evil thinking. You see, you are not. Inna rabbahu bihi kana bihi basira. Certainly his Lord was watching him. Just think really that when we deny him, when we reject him, when we disobey him, he's looking at us, he's watching us. You know, people do something wrong in secret. Somebody employs you and you do this cheating, but in a way that he cannot notice, he cannot see. Sometimes people cheat their own family, but they make effort that nobody can notice, nobody can see. So people always want to hide themselves so nobody can see. But how stupid we people are that we want to cheat Allah, but we cannot hide. Bala in Rabbahu Kana Basira. His Lord was watching him all the time there. Allah is there. And the Ulama said the right that whenever your eye falls on any evil, before your eye falls on that evil, Allah's eye falls upon you. You can't escape him. He knows the sarair, he's not in the side of heart. When you make intention, he knows that. You can deceive yourself, but you cannot deceive him. It's impossible. They make effort to deceive Allah, but Allah is the one who deceives them. You think you're deceiving him, but he's looking and laughing at you. He knows what's happening. He's deceiving you. So you think you know he does not know, but he knows. This bigger deceiver, like somebody bigger, you know, sitting in a place where he can see and you don't see, and you want to deceive him, he will be laughing at seeing that you know he knows everything. He's deceiving you. Allah is deceiving you. You know, using the same word for a purpose, but Allah does not deceive anybody. Meaning basically is, Allah is watching you. You cannot escape him. Bala inna rabbahu kana bihi basira. Now the Quran, you know, the Quranic ways, no doubt, really. Same, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really is much more loving that any reformer, that any preacher, that any pre- reformer, that any prophet, that any mother, than any father. If any father will explain to you once, twice, three times, tired. Mothers will explain to you something once, twice, three times they're tired. Prophets and messengers, they will guide you once, twice, maybe 950 years. But after that, they will make curse you and they will be tired of you. But your Lord, no. He keeps explaining. He, even when he says that you are going to Farafel, love is there inside. Why he's saying this? To alert you and to turn you back, to give a chance. Even when he said that unbelievers will go to, the, to Farafel, he said out of love. He just want you, to, if you don't listen to about paradise, listen to this thing. He just want you to, to save you from the fire of hell. So much love. After all, explain, all those things, new style is coming. Now, from, same thing from the new style. Now, Quran is making, uh, swearing. The Quran said, oath, فَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِالشَّفَقِ وَاللَّيْلِ وَمَا وَسَقِ وَالْقَمَرِ إِذَا اتَّسَقِ لَتَرْكَبُنَّ طَبَقًا عَنْ طَبَقِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never think really that you are not going to come to us. Never think like that. It is, it, it, you are wrong in this matter. You are certainly coming to me. I swear, I take oath of Shafak. Shafak is the red light you know, which comes after the sunset. When the sun sets, so you can see the red light on the horizon. That's called Shafak. So Allah says, I'm making the Shafak, the red light that appears on the horizon in the beginning of the night, I make it at witness, at proof for what I'm saying. And then, and also I'm making proof of, and witness of what? The night 
and wasaka yasako means to, to, to store something, to cover something, uh, you know, uh, to carry something that wasaka yasako. That for that why if the women are pregnant, to even for them this word is used because they are carrying a child in their womb. So wasaka basically whatever cut. And I'm also making the witness of the night and whatever night cut covers, whatever it carries, whatever it has put together. What are there in the night? When the night comes, stars come, moon is there, you know, new shining world. So night comes with all those changes, new changes. In the during the daytime, you don't notice this thing. But in the night time, you can see the stars, you can see the moon, new thing happening. The night and whatever night has got together, I'm making witness of those things. And also I'm making the witness of the moon, when the moon is complete, tasak ya tasaku means where something complete, you know, everything put together, every piece put together, the tasaka. You can see as uh, the moon is in, in peace and peace, bits and bits. And on the 14th night, what happens actually is that all the bits have been put together. Now the full moon. Wal qamari idha tasak. La tarkabunna tabakan an tabak. So now Quran is saying, why are making witness of this thing? To make it very clear, لَتَرْكَبُنَّ طَبَقًا عَنْ طَبَقًا You certainly, you will progress from one stage to the other stage. You will keep progressing, you will keep proceeding from one stage to the other stage, certainly. Allah SWT wants to say really that whatever Allah commands and the life of this world, life of thereafter, every single thing in the universe, they witness that. Look from different angles. Look at it from, from other angles. You can see them properly. You know, when people look at the moon, they look at something which is giving you light and something amazing. When you look at the star, you look from certain points. But there are so many angles to look at these things. Allah SWT is saying, look at these things really. How things are happening. When the sun disappears, night comes, how it begins? With the red light on the horizon. Then what happens? Darkness comes. Full night comes, the moon comes, the sun comes, then again the moon comes, stars come, then again the night is passing, ending. Similarly, you can see the full moon. Moon starts with a very tiny bit, then progressing, moving from one stage to other stage, proceeding from one stage to other stage until we become full, full moon. Then again decreasing. Quran says, until the moon you know, starts you know, again, becomes thinner and thinner until it becomes like a very old, thin branch of, you know, of palm tree, very, very thin. That's how it's happening. What it tells you? It tells you that every single thing in the universe, they are moving from the one stage to their end. Everything is going to its completion. They are going to certain stages. It is not that they just remain there. They keep moving. Everything that is to move there. You must proceed one stage and then next stage, one after the other. It will keep coming. You know, you never can deny that. People are, people are in the womb of their mother, one stage, then they're born as a baby, one stage, then they grow a little bit, it's another stage, then they become adult, another stage, the young age, in one stage, then they become decline their age, old, one stage, die, another stage, in the grave, another stage, raise in the after, another stage. The people will keep moving from one condition, one stage, to other stage. They never can deny. This is actually what happening. All surah basically is to make this movement very clear. The people's movement, whatever you do, you are heading to a certain direction. That you never can change. In this world, for example, if you want to change your direction, you can change. You go this way, that way, that way, you can change anything. But you never can change your direction to the death. It is impossible. 
whatever direction you go, you are moving to death. This you never can do. It never can change really. Any direction you can change, but your direction to the death, you never can change. You are proceeding to it you know, with full speed. That you never can stop. Every single moment you are making, whatever you do, any effort you make, you never can stop that moment. You are moving to, to death, it never can stop. That always in, 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 moving. So Quran said, It's very clear anyway, all the people have been... But you know, in our time really, in this piece, some, some people have harmed the Quran, you know, and tafsir and so much really. Because just have got you know, one word. One word is there, Qamar, Moon, and then Tarkabunna. And now they are saying that this verse tells that how the people will make a journey to the moon. What to do the hair? What to do here riding to the moon? No, nothing to do, no sense, no contest, nothing. Just you got the word moon and Rakeba Yarkabo Rokuban riding and now it is you know, travel journey to the moon. Why Quran is interested in this surah to tell people that they will go to the moon? And in a word which nobody understands. The companies did not understand or the Russian did not. Why it is such a big thing for the Quran to tell the people? Has Quran come for these things? You know, it makes sense really. And that does not make any sense in the language of Arabic language and anywhere. But there are Mufassan among Arab people, they do these things. You know, leave the, you know, those who don't know Arabic, you can think, oh, they are an uh, Arab. Arabs are so keen. It really tells the diffusion mentality. Quran, Quran is a book, you know, for a purpose. It is a book of the guidance. And you're looking in, in that book that how Americans, you know, they conquered the moon. That book has come to tell us this story. Just think properly. This book has come to, to guide Americans and Russians, everybody, to guide them for real matters. Not to tell people that you ride the moon and you know you do this and that. But you know, we keep looking for wrong things. There is this verse, no, no, there are verses where you can have some hint of something. And you know, and no doubt there must be hint for something. But you know, it, it is not the purpose of the Quran. But there, these verses unnecessarily people are using you know, for, for bad purpose. You can find actually you know, that you know, people writing these things. But nothing to do with the Quran is making very clear that you know, everything in this world is moving from one stage to other stage. Then the Quran said, you know how weak you are. You know how you are moved. You have no choice really. Tell me, did people choose to be born? Tell me, did people choose to be young? Did people choose to be adult? Did people choose to become old? Do people choose to die? Nothing really. You are forced. You are just coming. It is just moving to direction. You know, then why you are arrogant? Why you denying you are how weak you are? Then the Quran says, Fama lahum la What happened to them? Why then they don't believe? You know, they say really what you are doing. Your Lord is moving you. You don't do anything anyway. Why don't you believe in Him? What happened to you? He is the one who does everything. Fama lahum la yu'minun. You know, this book, which has such, you know, such important message for you, you know, things are made so clear for you in this book. No book can be clear than the Quran. Why it happened when it is read to you, you don't bow in, in the Saita. You know, this book is so effective, so impressive. You read this verse, it really makes you to, to fall in Saita, to bow your head. And bowing the head actually does not mean Arabic language, only appreciation. It's not the meaning. The people will think like, you know, somebody said nice poetry and people fell in Saita. How amazing the poetry is. Don't take Saita in that, that small meaning. Saida basically means Arabic language, the maximum expression of your obedience. Your, your max, basically, the height of your obedience. Meaning is when the Quran is read in Allah's instruction, people become so much impressed that this book is guiding us so nicely. They bow their head, no, we are going to listen to it. We are going to obey it. We want to save ourselves. We want to please our Lord. So Saida is basically not only you know, appreciation, Saida is obedience. And understanding in this book, really, the Quran never has come for appreciation. This, this religion is not for that purpose. 
It is only one purpose to teach you worship of your Lord and teach you how to obey, obedience of your Lord. And when you read the Quran, if it does, that does not happen, then you are not reading properly. If the Quran does not make you to obey your Lord, if the Quran does not make you to worship Him, if the Quran does not make you to, uh, tears to come to your eye when you when you when you re- reading and uh, and thinking about your Lord, then you are not reading the book. If you read the Quran only for enjoyment and you call certain qaris and they read the Quran, recite the Quran, and wah wah and things like that, this not reading the Quran. Disrespect the Quran. If somebody comes and makes you know how eloquent the language of the Quran, then you say, oh how nice this thing, and does not make you to obey anything. Listen to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Not reading really. It is not, it, Quran is not in about feeling, about these things. In that way, I wrote, you know, these few sentences, if you write them, they, they will, you know, help you a little bit. That what Quran wants to say here, actually. You know, this book really, if you read it, it makes you to bow. bow. And that what the purpose was, when Allah SWT commanded the angel, you know, do such that to Adam. What the purpose was? That is such amazing creation and way they just want to express their amazement? No. The purpose was to tell the angels that now this new creation is going to become master of the world. You have to obey him. So if this new creation cuts something, you bring the death. They kill someone, bring the death. If this new creation plant something, grow, you help it to grow. You have to obey them. That sajda basically was a mark of the obedience. Like for example, when a king, when a prime minister appoints a governor to a place, and then all the police people and all the army people, they come and they salute him for salam. What, what the purpose is? purpose is to tell them, now this is the new governor, you have to obey him. That's what happens is, now there was a new governor for the earth, Adam. So now all the police of Allah and his army, you know, angels, they are being commanded, know him. He is a new commander, listen to him, obey him. But no doubt, whenever a king appoints a governor and he commands his army, everybody to listen to him, the listen is in a limit. But if the governor, because very, very corrupt, and the king realized there's no way that he can be, you know, can, can reform, then he commands the same army to punish him, to arrest him. It happens. So angels are listening to us. They're obeying us. But we don't, if we don't listen to Allah, same angels, they also can punish us. That can also can happen. But sajda is actually mark of the obedience. And actually, let me say one thing also about, because sajda, ayat of sajda, in, in the Quran, there are several places, where those verses has come, uh, you know, uh, Sajda is mentioned, uh, and according to Hanafi Madhav and many, many ulama and Jews, they say when you read those verses, and even when you hear, then doing Sajda becomes obligatory. And according to Hanafi Madhav, they are 14 places. In the Quran, there are 14 places where Sajda is obligatory on the people. This is the 13th place. The 14th will come uh, in, in, in Iqra, in, in Surah al This is the thing. And the rule about simple release, whenever you read any verse of Sajda, you do sajda. And sajda should be taken to Hanafi Madhab with full purity. Meaning is, you should have wudu. Like prayer. Sajda is like the prayer basically. So you have wudu and you do sajda. A sajda is only sajda. You say Allah Akbar and do sajda and then say Allah Akbar and come back. You don't need to sit or stand in fast and nothing like that. Just, just sajda basically. That's obligatory but it should be done with wudu. If you read once, do one sajda. Read twice, do two, two sajda. Three times, three sajda. When you hear, every time you say sajda. But if you read once, but you did not do sajda, and you are still in the same place, and you repeat that verse again and again, and you, you did not move, then at the end of uh, uh, your assembly, one sajda is enough. Like, for example, we are sitting here, and I am reading this verse, I repeat once or twice or three times, maybe more than that, I repeat it. So when we leave this place, sajda will be only obligatory once. But if I am reading the sajda, and somebody is walking, he is listening but walking, 
if I read three times, on me and everybody else sitting, sajda will be obligatory only once. But the person who is moving, on him sajda will be obligatory three times, four times, as many times he is here, because he is moving. So when somebody is moving, for him it is not the same thing, to understand it. Similarly, if I am reading and I am moving, so on me sajda will be obligatory as many times I keep saying. But those who are listening, if they are in the same place, it will be obligatory on them only once. So that is the rule about sajda. So when you are sitting, it is only once, inshallah. بَلِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يُكَذِّبُونَ Quran said really this, this you know, such a nice explanation. After that, they should bow. They should listen. But no. Unbelievers, their habit, they really are just in desire. They just want to de- deny. Nothing else. وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا يُعُونَ And Allah knows what the story, whatever they have in their mind, the kufr, the shirk, unbelief, you know, hatred, you know, deceiving, cheating, all those things, everything, whatever they're putting, Allah knows everything. It is not that they're going to miss it. فَبَشِّرْهُمْ بِعَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ Give them good news of painful punishment. At the end of the day, everybody expects you know, good news. For them, there's no good news other than this one. Give them good news. But good news of what? A painful punishment. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَهُمْ أَجْرٌ غَيْرُ مَمْنُونَ then the Quran, this is we say in Arabic language, it is basically means Allah wants to say a new thing. It is not exempted from the, it is not that give them, you know, punishment of the painful uh, punishment, uh, good news, and accept these people, they don't give them. It is not the meaning. It is a new thing. Allah says, as far as, you can say translate like that, as far as those people who believe and they do good deeds, lahum ajrun غَيْرُ mamnoon for them is reward. Continues, never ending in the paradise. Really, believers every day new reward, every day new fruits, every day new drink. And whenever they have drink, they will say, "Oh, it was similar to what we have given yesterday." But when they taste, different. But another day, new drink, better than that. Every day it will be more improved. The reward will never end. You know, all the time it will it will, will keep, uh, remain there. So you know, there are few things before I just I end really that I have written few things. Uh, which uh, I like to explain properly. One thing is, you know, when we say keep understanding that, that you know, how important the iman is. I, I, I explained in Surah Mutafif a little bit, but I want to do, you know, explain more things. Whenever Islam, the Quran mentions iman, it always, iman is moving, increasing. And end of iman is tawakkul. When iman becomes so strong that you see Allah, you trust in him more than, more than anything else. In the beginning, it is not, 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 not possible, but Iman should become so strong, really, that your trust in Allah should become more than anything else. That's how Iman should be. And once that happens, you know, you got so much respect, and just actually become envious of you. But it is not happening. Believers, we believers, we don't have that Iman. You know, Mawla Yaqub Mujaddadi, whose, whose story I mentioned earlier, he mentioned that was an old lady in Bhopal, and she used to come to see my father. And every time she used to come in, so much complaints, this, so and this and that. All the time, big stories of everybody in the neighborhood. Once she was complaining about every single person, at, end, at, at, at the end, she said to my father, I have nobody in the world other than Allah. I have nobody other than Allah. So then he said, I interrupted. I said to her, oh, is, is it praise to Allah? It is criticizing Allah SWT. You know, tell me, if you, if you are in the arm of a king, and you said to the king, I don't have anybody in the world other than you. Is it respect for the king? If you are having a king, then why you complain? You know, if, some, if Muslims really think that they don't have anyone other than Allah, they need to complain. What else you want? 
Who else can be near to Allah Subhanahu? If you have got Allah Subhanahu, then what do you want? Just think really. If Muslims said, if people said we don't have anyone other than Allah, to why you are so weak language? You should be strong. If you have got Allah with you, then what you want? What else you want? You don't know Allah's power. What else is there there? You know, that thing really properly, that, you know, never, never, you know, never be like these people. You know, it's very, very mean, really, to have Allah and keep complaining. You know, you've got Allah, and I like to do this Hindu saint. You know, what a Muslim disciple went to Hindu saint, that my sheikh, my teacher, peer, he's not here. You can advise me. The people used to go in, you know, you can say stories, sometimes Hindus come to Muslim, Muslim go to Hindu. When they are peaceful life, they, they, they go to each other. When they're fighting, they're fighting, rioting, riots, and killing, that's what also happened. But sometimes they're peaceful, it happens. So Hindu disciple come to, to, Muslim disciple come to Hindu and ask his advice. So Hindu saint said to him, you are going now traveling, you know, I'll give you another advice. You know, do you know Allah? Muslim said, yeah, yeah, I know Allah. He said, if you know Allah, then don't worry if you don't know anyone else. Then he asked the second question, does Allah know you? He said, yeah, Allah knows me. He said, if Allah knows you, then don't worry if nobody else knows you. Suddenly, such a nice thing. Just think really, if Allah knows me, do I need to everybody else to know me? If I know Allah, do I need anybody else to know me? You know, this, this thing we have to keep. Just trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all, all the time in this world. And then next thing is that when you know him, then worship him, obey him, and remember his name. And understand that in your life, most precious time that you spend actually is that the time that you spend in the prayer, in the remembrance with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, amal saleh. That is the most in the, from morning until the evening. The time that you spend in the prayer, in reading the Quran, in the dhikr, that was the best time of your life in that day. Anything else in secondary to that, the best thing your life has been since morning until evening. The best time was your salah, your dua. Your dhikr, whatever you do, that is the best thing. That Abu Hatim said very nicely, Arabahu tijarate dhikrullah, wa akhsaru tijarate dhikrullah. The best profitable business is remembering Allah. The prayer, the fasting, zakat, hajj. And the worst, you know, worst business where you lose everything is remembering the people, people's name, talking with them, backbiting, mentioning their name, it is losing your business. So, you know, think really that. And this religion really, no doubt, you know, make dear to your heart. And, you know, don't, don't become like worldly people. Don't complain. Think always, Allah has been given, given me a gift, such a precious gift, this Iman, this, this Islam, this religion. And the people around me, they don't have this precious thing. They have got something which is very small, very minor. You know, imagine really, if somebody has got, you know, half palace full of the precious stone and diamonds, all those things, and his neighbor has got a hut, a small hut, where he has got some small vegetable. Is this person going to complain to the people, you see, in my house there is no vegetable, I don't have any hut, he's going to complain? Just think properly. Now we Muslims, we have got this religion, such a precious, which can give us paradise. And we complain to the people that we don't have houses, we don't have enough money, we don't have this, we don't have power. Are we interested in this thing? Just think really. Once some people complain about Ibn Taymiyyah to the ruler of Syria, that Ibn Taymiyyah has got many disciples and he wants to take your power by force. Kings became, king became very worried and he called him and all the ulama. Ibn Taymiyyah said to the king, do you think that I want to take your kingdom? To me, your kingdom and the kingdom of all Mongols, they are not even equal to one prince. They are not equal of anything. Believers, you know, we should what we have got really, you know, such, such important thing. 
You know, it is such a thing really, if Allah SWT takes our life and gives us this Iman, it, you know, it is, it is profitable business. He says to us, oh believers, since you have got Iman, such a big thing, now you are not going to have any food, any drink, any house, any enjoyment, because I have given you the most precious thing. Believers should jump in, in the air, in the happiness, that's what we have got. But you know, we have got such a big thing and still we are interested in the money and this and that, and we keep complaining. And then next step should be, we should be keen really to convey this message to other people. Allah has given me, you know, these people, you know, for maybe many reasons, they have got the world, they have got money, they invented all things, the aeroplane and the car and this and that, but they don't keep with themselves. They export them. They don't want to keep this, this pressure to them. That's you can see the Muslim world is full of the cars. You can find actually more cars in Saudi Arabia than in this country, even bigger than, than this country. You know, everyone exports, Muslims are enjoying all this. They don't keep and we have got something more precious than that, and we keep ourselves. We don't want to teach them. These people, worldly people, but they want to share something. And we don't have anything to share. We have got something better than that. You know, think properly and make effort really that, you know, even if you get losses, some problem, but things should be respect, appreciate the religion, worship your Lord, and teach the people, you know, nicely about this thing. And I'm going to end this, you know, with one of the poetic verse of Ghalib, you know, the great poet of India. He says very nicely, you know, he said, you know, basically he wants to say that he has been appointed to transfer a desert into a garden. And he's working the day and night to make it garden. And what happens is because the gardening, but you know, the thorns, they want to come inside the garden, you know, they don't want to roses and everything to keep there. No, but he fights in the thorns. No thorn can come. Nothing can, nothing can harm the garden. He wants to keep the garden, you know, properly with the fences. And what actually happens one day, you know, he himself dies because of thorns, but outside the garden, not inside the garden. He, as long as he was alive, he never let any thorn to come inside the garden. So he said, We are lying, polluted with the blood on the, on the, on the head of a thorn. Bakhoon dil and the blood is coming from my heart. Qanoon baagban ye sahara navishtaim. We have written down the rules of gardening the desert. This is how we rule. This is the rule. We have written down the rule how you how you guard a garden. This is the rule. Really. This is what should be really. We tell to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. This is your religion. O Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi This is your religion, and we want to protect it, save it. We want to convey the message. We want to teach people, even if it can make harm to my property. To my life, you know, whatever you know, I can I can make this religion to, to grow with the blood from my heart, but I never can accept any harm to this religion. That's what should be happened. So, I stop it here, inshallah. If you have any questions, please ask. Questions? No, it is masculine. Masculine, plural masculine. You know, in Arabic language, you, if it is tarkabu, if it is tarkabu, 
it can be masculine, it also can be feminine. When it is latar kabunna, it only can be masculine, it never can be feminine. So it is muscular. Yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah. Is that yeah, Quran is saying, Tell them the death from which you are running, it is facing you. The me- simple meaning is that people never can run away from the death. Wherever direction you go, death is coming from that direction. Okay. I don't remember the surah. But you can ask, you, know, you can find it. I don't remember the surah. I can check in my, my it is easy, you can find it you know, in, 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 inshallah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one answer is no doubt really. In the day of judgment, there will be different stages. So sometimes you can see there are differences in the statement of the Quran. But sometimes also what actually happening is, Quran sometimes provides more detail, and sometimes Quran wants to emphasize some other point to make summarize the whole, whole problem. In this surah, basically it is summary, because Quran wants to emphasize here on one thing, that the sky and the earth, when the destruction will come, they will obey their Lord. So Quran wants to emphasize this aspect, they are listening to their Lord, they are obeying Him. And to remind the human being that they should obey the same thing, do the same thing. So this aspect is more emphasized, that the Quran summarized the whole thing. But it is true that no doubt certain time, some details, sometimes mentioned, sometimes not, because there are so many stages happening there anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is for everybody, but simple thing, because the Prophet explained that two types of offering is, one is the ard, ard means quickly, so questions will be there, but they can feel, like for example, when you come from, from somewhere, from foreign country, you come and turn to the, on the airport of this country, and then you are in, uh, in, in the queue, so you can see everybody definitely have same questions, but not everybody has same treatment. You could be certain, they ask the same question, what, what, your, what is your name, what, where you are coming from. The accent can tell you, they just want to, you know, just do some return and they want to go. But for some people, same question, but does not have the same meaning. 
you can easily understand. So the same on the day of judgment, people ask you what you do. You know, it's a friendly way. I remember actually that you know, once we were going to Bangladesh, the big tabligh gathering, and you know, such a big number from India, and, you know, me and so many students from Natulama, teachers, and when we came on the border of Bangladesh, so they want to fill all those things that you want your name. But so quickly, it, if, basically hinting was, you know, you can go easily. So you know how many people are there? Ten people. How many passports? Ten passports, you can go. So though actually with us, there were 11 people, ten passports. I remember, I didn't know that. When I came back, one of my friends, he brought sweets for everybody and all the very happy. So we said to him, why are you so happy? He said, I went without passport, I came back without passport. So I'm so happy. So you see, people even do this. So sometimes you can see from the, the way people treat, they ask you a question, but they just, you can see they want you let go. But sometimes you can see from the face, they, it is not just a question of who you are, it is more doubt, more interrogation. So that's what happens in the Day of Judgment as well. You know, the thing is, uh, in, in personal life or life of the community, you know, all those things really, it things always start with the sabr, no doubt. Allah SWT never wants people to take revenge immediately. He never wants that. He always wants people to be nice, to be kind, to give the time for other person. If somebody mistreats you, give him more time, forgive him, you know, be nice to them. Until it becomes very clearly that this person is not going to listen and he will keep creating problem. Then no doubt if you can have any mean, you know, to explain to him properly and to be firm or, to, or maybe to take your revenge in just way. If you can do this, allowed. But in the beginning, for every single matter, you know, the way basically always is to be patient, to do sabr, to be nice, to be kind, to explain to the people properly. But we never do this thing. The problem is never the people actually, they get married and then next day problem starts. Even they cannot bear their wife or husband even for one day. That thing really. Same next day they start problem. They start arguing and fighting. You know, arguing, matter of you know, fighting, it sometimes can happen, but you know, not so quickly. The people should, should learn really how to be patient and sabr. Sabr is really key thing for the success. If you do sabr, you save your time for, uh, for more constructive things. People who don't do sabr, they waste their time. We hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you. Remember to tune in for the next one. For more insightful content in full HD quality on tafsir and other Islamic sciences such as hadith, fiqh, Arabic prose, grammar and morphology, as well as Islamic history, female scholarship and much much more, subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdeen.com. TV. Don't forget to visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and show your support. Please click on the donate button and give whatever you can. Our institution is dependent on the generosity of people like yourself.